The following program has been rated NSFW, which means North, South, Feast, Wet, West. Feast? Is that really what that means? Welcome to the Nikki X Happy Hour with your hosts, Lee Vowell, Todd Bandenberg, the other guy, and Ted Hicks. (laughs) Oh, not again. Damn it, Ted. Is Ted even real? He's never here. And welcome to the Nikki X Happy Hour with Todd Robin. With a big shout out to our house band, My Lady Bubonic. Today is Al Pacino's birthday, and he will be not joining us today on this program. Yeah, I ask, but never got a response. <clears throat> Too many candles on the cake, and he's having trouble blowing them out because of COVID. Uh, exactly. Whatever. He is 81, so uh, but uh-huh. he's, he's guess... looked 81 for years, I think. So. Yeah, I thought he came out 81. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, pre-pro, we were talking about COVID shots. Rob gets Hi, his... <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> Rob gets his last one tomorrow. Todd did the one and done uh, at Duke University because it's all they do now. Yes. And then I got mine, uh, my second one, on Friday. Definitely had some ill effects. I'm still dealing with ill effects, though I feel better because I couldn't have done the show yesterday at all. So you have a vaccination card, which is your license to ill. Yes, exactly. It is funny that they give you that vaccination card, doesn't it? It's. Uh, oh, am I supposed to show it? And this is a serious question. Am I supposed to show it like if I get on a plane? I think you have to now, actually. Okay. If they if they ask you, which is why they say don't laminate them. I saw Staples some article talking about oh all the cool free stuff you can get because Budweiser will give you a beer, which hopefully it's not a Budweiser because that's not a beer. <laughs> but Staples is laminating. The, your card for free and it's like yeah but you don't want to laminate it because notice there's other spots for more it's like if you laminate it you, 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 know, you don't, don't get another one card. It's like, yeah, don't get your booster shot <sighs> I'm assuming that's what it'll be for right booster yeah shot. you know if we need booster shots I mean they don't know yet probably will there was an article of a guy who one of the first people who got it, got his booster shot because he got his shot back in April of last year Obviously, in one of the trials. So, I'm still getting my polio booster shot. Better I mean, safe than sorry. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say this about the shot. So, I I did have some ill effects um, from from the shot. Uh, I had uh, felt like I should have a fever. Definitely felt. I don't think I actually had, though. My girlfriend had definitely had a fever. She was burning up on Friday night. Um, She's and, hot anyway. <laughs> Thanks for, wait, what? Anyway, so, <laughs> but, uh, but yesterday I felt really, really tired and, um, and just, just felt like I had the flu, but didn't feel like I had the flu, if that makes sense. And my, and it's because, and I'm no doctor, obviously, but I think it's because they inject you with this, this dead virus, right? So your body reacts to it. So you build up antibodies. So if you actually do come into contact with the actual virus, your body's like, I know what this is and I'll kill it. So, um, you got. yeah. So, uh, basically my body fighting it off was a good thing. It means my immune system's actually working, but it also is like, I'm not actually sick. My body just thinks it's sick, which is fine. So, because I, you, you want it to do that. But right. at the at the same time, it's it's just it's kind of a weird feeling. But my main thought was I feel terrible. And then I thought, and I said this to to my daughter and girlfriend. I said, just imagine if I actually how bad we would feel if we actually had the virus. First of all, and the hopelessness that would come with actually having the virus. We've got the vaccine. We'd probably feel much worse with the virus. I'm hundred percent sure we'd feel much worse with the virus. But just imagine having the virus and then not knowing if you're going to be better where I should be better in 48 hours or whatever. That's 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 why you should take the vaccine. It's going to help you. Yeah. And and the odds of dying from a vaccine are infinitesimally small because there have been what one so far Uh, compared to depending which country and which thing you're looking at where it's two to three percent from getting the actual COVID-19, which is not COVID-19 because it's the 19th one because it was discovered in 2019. 
Thank you, Ted Nugent, for your brilliant scientific <laughs> acumen. Jesus Christ. Anyway. You no, shot that arrow straight into the heart of COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's sad that we're getting to the point now, in the U.S. at least, of fewer people are getting it because they think they don't need it or they think it's going to change their DNA. And it's like, that's not how it works. It's the microchip. Yeah. It might make them smart. We can't have that. Yeah. God God forbid that. So, yeah, if you haven't gotten the vaccination, please go get it. If you haven't gotten your second dose, if you're getting this one of the either either the Pfizer or the Moderna, go get your second dose when you're supposed to. If you got the J&J, you're done. You know, if boosters come around, get your booster. And please still wear a mask if you're indoors. None of these are 100% effective. I'm fine. I've had the vaccine. I don't need to wear a mask anymore. Yeah, I know. It's just I wore a mask in the fucking rain yesterday. Wear a goddamn mask. Yeah, because the people, the idiots who are not wearing masks. Because I was making a joke. If you have, if even if you have the vaccine, first of all, you could still carry carry the the (laughs) virus itself. So think about others, and that's I, I think that also crossed my mind the last couple of days is the fact that. You know, it's 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 different because people who get the vaccine, oh, you know what? It's like, I don't need to wear a mask anymore because I myself am fine. But you're still capable of killing other people. Right. And it's just like, just be a human being. Stop being so self-absorbed. Wear a fucking mask. But you know how it is. Fewer and fewer people are going to be wearing masks just because, first of all, we're we're tired of hearing about COVID-19. Yeah, they're tired right? of it, exactly. And then, secondly, it's like, if they do get the, the shot, shots or shot, and they feel, oh, they're vaccinated, then we don't care about other people as human beings. <clears throat> like, I'm watching nature documentaries on Netflix, um, and, you know, those animals care more about other animals than human <laughs> beings care about other human beings. Sadly true just occurred to me, it's very strange that a lot of the people who are against getting the shots are the people who like guns, <laughs> who like shooting things. But well, know, they just don't, throwing that out. They don't need the vaccine because God's going to protect them from that. But they do need a gun to go grocery shopping because God won't protect them. All of the ones who are carrying their guns to church saying God will protect me. What the fuck are you carrying the gun for? Nah. Well, it's in case they get into a tussle with God and they got to have it out with them. Yeah, that worked out really well at that FedEx facility, right, where the guy actually took a gun in to yeah. try to shoot the killer and got shot himself and died. Yeah. Guns don't fix the issue, people. So, um, But if you get attacked back, by an altar boy. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends on the altar boy. Mike Tyson's the altar boy. Anyway, so a <laughs> whole different church altogether. So, so I'm a hu- humongous Novak Djokovic fan, right? Humongous fan because I like love the way he plays this game. He's not the he's not Pete Sampras. He's not going to serve you to death. He's a guy I'm just glad like you Andre said Sampras Agassi. because I wasn't sure jo- who the hell Djokovic was, but okay. <laughs> well, he's the number one player in the world and has been f- most of the last decade, really, as it turns out. So, but um, that's how much I follow tennis. Yeah, and that's fine because this really isn't about tennis. What I'm about, to I-, say. I figured as much. But. Um, Anyway, he, he's like Andre Agassi. They're, they, I'm, I'm just some schlub. Todd and I have played tennis millions of times. We're just some schlubs. Total schlubs. Todd's, Todd's has a better serve than I do. I can't serve worth crap. I'm not going to ever beat somebody based on my serve. So some people who can return are more like, to me, common common people, right? That's what we try to do. We try to play the point and win the, win the match, win the game and win the match. Agreed. But as much as I like Djokovic... As a tennis player, I, be- I have become over the last year less and less inclined to like him as a human being because remember, Todd, he had that fiasco last year where he had that party yeah. in Belgrade. So yesterday I'm watching because con- basically the tennis, if anything's on in the house and I'm just there, the tennis channel is on like Nadal's playing in a final right now. And Karatsev, who beat Djokovic, is going to be playing in a final in Belgrade. Uh, later on today, and I just kind of have it on in the background because I love tennis. But last year, Djokovic had this big party um, where nobody was wearing a mask, and he was like, blah, blah, blah. So yesterday, he loses, and 
he loses. It's a fantastic match, which has nothing to do with anything. But after the match, he gets asked about the COVID-19 vaccine and his comments. And he's spoken out about this before, but his comments were that uh, after the match, this is actually from the independent uh, Djokovic's loss comes after he said he hoped tennis players won't be forced to have a COVID-19 vaccine to keep competing. Uh, he had previously, previously spoken out about mandatory vaccines. He said, I don't think it'll come to that. I hope not because I've always believed in freedom of choice and I will keep the decision as to whether I'm not, I'm going to get vaccinated or not to myself. It's an intimate decision and I don't want to go into this game of pro and against vaccines, which the media is unfortunately creating these days. No motherfucker, you're creating that shit. I, I love him as a tennis player. But as a human being, he's he doesn't need to come out and say he's against the vaccine. Just him saying he thinks it should be choice is against the vaccine. Exactly. People should fucking get the vaccine. And and as tennis tennis is a lot bigger in the world, everywhere else in the world than in the United States. For a number one player, a, a extremely reputable player, to say this is just irresponsible. Exactly. Who, who last year hosted the party and people got COVID. And he apologized and said, oh, this is, I made such a terrible, and, and apologized for his lapse of judgment. It's like, really, dude? You didn't learn shit, did you? What I don't get hell? it. I just do not get it. Especially tennis players going all over the world to play tournaments. Yeah. You know, they're probably still sequestered quite a bit because they, they're just going to be anyway, right? They're not going out partying before a match or anything like that for the most part. Before? But, yeah. Well, As, or, or during. Um <laughs> But it's this is just as Rob said, irresponsible. I mean, you're going country to country. You're still spreading. You're still getting on a plane. Most of them don't have private planes. Probably the top players do. But schlubs like you and me aren't flying on a private plane. We're getting on a plane and we're going from London to Brazil. Australia or Brazil or anywhere, everywhere, literally in the world. This is just ridiculous. Yes, they should be mandatory. I'm sorry for any sport. And they are. And, and we talk about this country, United States. It's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But yet the major sports, it's become mandatory. You have to have the shot. So tennis should also make it mandatory. They may have a glo more global issue because of country versus country. But the number one player in the world needs to come out and say players need to get the vaccine. That is really disappointing and irresponsible. It's like, my God. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't just get, I don't get it. I mean, if a hundred people, you know, a hundred people, and a hundred of them get it, three of them are going to die. Why the hell do you think it's oh, and well, and then there's this vaccine that's out. That's an optimistic number of three. That's going right? to keep. That's going to keep ninety six of those hundred people from ever even getting it. But nah, I, I think that's a personal choice. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? I don't get it. I yeah. literally don't understand it. Yeah, it's sad. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know anything, to be honest, about Serbians or ah, anything like that. Clearly but not would, a cultural thing. How many Americans feel the same way? Well, Millions. Yeah, exactly. I, I, again, I don't know if Serbians are like, if you're a right-wing person, that Serbia is too liberal for you, you know, because it's whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. But, but moving just over the border there uh, and to a different subject. Joe Biden came out yesterday and said something that no president, no sitting president had ever said that should have been said, yeah. which was that the Armenian genocide that happened starting in 1915 by the Ottoman Empire, that I, don't, I still don't understand the whole empire that just builds little foot tables. Foot but anyway, tools. yeah, I'm not sure how they become so powerful, but people really care about their feet. So, I, I mean, this is another sign that Joe Biden... It's not he's not doing it. He didn't do it to to create panic or chaos. Yeah, the, the relations between the United States and Turkey have been strained over the last few years, as they should, because Turkey has some issues just like America that they need to fix for for making humanity better. But for him to come out and the way he said it, which was matter of factly, because, in fact, it is matter of fact, it was a genocide. And his whole point, it was not a specific thing. It was a global thing saying you know, as human beings, we need to fix the shit. I was very proud that Joe Biden came out and said it. And and if, if anybody looks at it and is like, oh, Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah. The only other president who's even kind of come close to mentioning it is Ronald Reagan in 1981. Bill Clinton should have done it. Obama should have done it. 
Trump isn't human, so I don't care about him. Bush should have done it. <laughs> Either of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm Bush. It's not Bush senior, but his father was actually is a pretty decent human being. I'm surprised he didn't do it. What do you guys think about what Joe Biden said yesterday? Long overdue. Like he said, long overdue. And I know Rob's Armenian. That's why I brought this whole thing up. Sure. Still, still A is Armenian. He's a secret Kardashian. (laughs) Fuck no. Are the Kardashians Armenian? I was was glad, uh, apparently, because I was glad to see that in the news, the second article that popped up in my feed about this was that Khloe Kardashian thanked Joe Biden for speaking out on this. It's like, I don't really care if Khloe Kardashian's stance is on this. Thanks, though. Is that why I have a big butt? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I just, I, you know, Joe Biden is is a, the president. He's n- maybe one term, maybe two terms. He is getting up in age. But he also kind of, in a strange way, is a president like he knows he's aware of his age and just says truths a lot of times, which I like. I'm glad he's presidenting it's the way he's, Yeah, well, exactly. He's, he's been that person for, for decades. Oh, oh. And he's not doing it through Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Imagine that. Um, but Josh Hawley hates Asians. I, I guess you guys have probably seen this, but there was a vote as far as um, passing um, hate crime bill against, uh, not against Asians, but anti-Asian crime bill. And it was 94 to 1 in the Senate. And Josh Hawley, uh, who we already know is a douche, was the only person, only senator to vote against it, and he said it was because he was a prosecutor and he thought it was too vague. <laughs> right. I don't. Josh Hawley is a, you know, he's a horrible human being. My my concern is how bad is the state he's from that they're okay with him saying this shit, and that he feels like he probably should say this shit to get reelected. Here's... Should they even be a state? <laughs> Bear with me. What state's he from? Oh, he's he was born in Arkansas, but he's from Kansas, right? Here, here's an article, and, and it's just the headline of the article in Esquire, which really sums it up. There's already this is from Esquire, by the way, not like just some little blog from Esquire. There's already an arms race of dickitude between Republican <laughs> presidential hopefuls. That's an Esquire. That pretty much sets it, and they say Josh Hawley is leading the way. So, yeah, the this was the guy who raised his fist towards the uh, the protesters, by the way, on Capitol yeah. Hill on, on De- or, uh, January 6th. Just the reprehensible actions and, and concepts that these scumbags are putting out there. It's just unbelievable. Matt Gates, Mr. You know, our, our favorite for the moment pedophile from Florida. You know, voting against the only representative who voted against the bill that was going to, or that did, uh, stiffen penalties for sex trafficking. Like, <laughs> why would you vote against that? He has a personal interest in that. You know, it's like, what the hell is going on with these people? Uh, uh, well, people, allegedly. I think maybe they're scrolls. That's the only ep- explanation I have, because Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just, I. Yeah, it was kind of like what you said earlier, Todd. It was like the division, maybe it was pre-pro, where we were talking about the division of people who, <laughs> who, um, you know, Biden's rating so far, it was so divisive as far as Democrat yeah. versus Republican. Yeah. And it's like, this is, this is part of the issue. I mean, as bad as lots of things were in the 30s, 40s, and 50s as far as racial dialogue or, you know, racism and all kinds of other stuff. When it, to be honest, fundamentally, I think we've become more a lot more divisive now than we were then. I mean, Eisenhower was a Republican. He's he more ranted about, about the the what's that? They're more open about it now, which I guess it's in a way is a good thing. You you know, is it? I don't. Well, I mean, at least you know. It's like, well, okay, I don't have to associate with you because you're a scumbag and you're admitting it. You're proud of it, which yeah, is. I, when so it reminds me of a Malcolm X Martin Luther King thing in the sixties and, and Malcolm uh, X was from Nebraska and 
you know, lived in Chicago and New York and lots of other stuff. And they said, um, you know, what do you, what do you think about the, the racism in the South? And he said, actually, I'm okay with the racism in the South because they, they under, they talk about it. It's the racism in the North. that's the issue because you go up there and it's still just as prevalent, but they act like it's not. Yeah. That, that's kind of the country we've become. Unfortunately, it's become the opposite, but it's race, still racism. It's still horrible. I mean, the anti, I just don't get it. Just vote for it. What, what, what difference does it make? Right. So you didn't like Kim's Convenience? Hey, it's a Canadian show anyway. You don't have to like it. <laughs> so, but speaking of the media, the Oscars are tonight. And Rob, you have the floor for the next 30 minutes. I know you love the Oscars. Oscar Gamble's hair was epic. On point. I, I have, a, I believe it's a, a bunch of popcorn card of him head. where he's trying to squeeze his afro under a small baseball cap and it, it doesn't work. It's just sitting on top of this enormous afro that it, and he is by far the best Oscar I can think of. Except maybe Oscar the Grouch. Grouch, of course. Um, Oscar well, the Grouch. Speaking of, of Oscar gamble do you think that the current uh, that what we're going to see tonight is kind of a gamble on the oscars because who's going to watch it thank you um other than time got me i'll probably watch it because i usually do but 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 yeah kardashian what part of the reason i want to watch it is is just to see how exactly are they going to stage this? Because are they going to do this differently? They're going to do this cinematically, and there's going to be ten sites, and it's like, what the hell are you doing? Ten sites? What's that? That's, that's one of the articles I read. They're going to have ten different locations. It's like, okay, why? Are people arriving? Because someone's been watching the WWE and yeah. thinking their cinematic matches are epic, and AEW did those, and Impact did those first, so WWE can fuck off. No, and they can, and they should have ten years ago. Yeah, I have no idea what, what they're going to do. And then supposedly, oh, but you don't have to mask. Is like, oh, so the entertainment industry will be gutted in a year because, you know, 3% of them will be dead. I, I, I have no idea what the hell they're doing. And, you know, no Zoom. It's like, why? Yeah, you know, because of the Golden Globes fiasco where you couldn't hear people sometimes. No, I, I agree. I'm not know, arguing like, with you. I'm just saying Christ. that's why they're doing it. What What is more important, your self-congratulatory little show or keeping people safe it's like well clearly we know what they think you know it's like the fuck is wrong with you so are they are they still holding it in the theater yeah as far as i know and and you know that's just kind of on the side as far as the awards go it's it's interesting because there isn't really a clear favorite for best picture there's definitely a clear favorite for best actor and that would be a fucking travesty if Chadwick Boseman doesn't doesn't win, I was like, he he should have been the hands down winner if everything was wonderful and he was still alive. But the fact that he passed away, that alone, and, and if he was in a movie, they probably would have given him best actor just if he'd been in a movie. Period. It was like, eh, he came in and he, you know, phoned it in, decided not to really work. They probably would have given it to him anyway, since he passed away. But he's freaking phenomenal in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Absolutely phenomenal. Which, by the way, to me, should be the best picture and isn't even nominated. So, well, let's let's have some fun because we're. I feel like I've mon- monopolized the conversation, and therefore it's only a ten-minute show at this point. So, um, people listening to this on whenever Rob puts it up, maybe Tuesday or whatever, Monday, Tuesday, doesn't matter. It's on about an after hour the after the show is done. Twenty thirty-three. Fuck. So, well, uh, let's see. And then people can listen to it and be like, well, those guys don't know what they're talking about. Because we literally don't know what we're talking about. At least I don't. So the actor in the leading role is uh, Riz Ahmed from Sound of Metal, which I, I actually want to see. Rob might like that, too. Have you seen it? I have not. I've okay. seen it. It's great. And he's awesome. great. Cool. And uh, Chadwick Boseman from uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins from The Father, Gary Oldman from Mank, and Stephen Yoon from Minari. Um, so Todd has already said Chadwick Boseman will win. So I'll, I'll agree with it. Cause I've, that's actually the one I've seen. I haven't seen Mank. Um, I've, but, I've seen all of them and, and I mean, they're all great. They're all worthy of being nominated, but Chadwick Boseman's just like ridiculously inhabits that fucking character. I mean, holy shit. 
Let me let me throw this out there. Uh, you know, when when we had the the SAG Awards, a lot of African Americans won, correct? Which was like crazy amount of African Americans. And and maybe, and I haven't seen these films, and I have nothing against African Americans. If they win every award, fine, I don't care. It really should go to whoever did the best job, or you know, whoever that the global audience nominated. Regardless of skin color, exactly. Yeah, I mean, just no Indians. But let's assume that, and I mean Native Americans, not actually Indians. So, because um, they're fine. Kamala Harris cool. is going to shut you down. <laughs> There's no half, half of her will. There's no Bollywood on the reservation in Montana. So, but anyway, let's assume that every African American wins a major acting award. And I'll throw this out there. Is it one of those things where it's like Hollywood knows that most people haven't seen these films and they're thinking, you know, what's going to make us look really good is if we have a lot of people of color winning awards, nobody's seen the movies anyway. (laughs) I don't think they are coordinated enough to, to pull that okay, off. Good. I think they probably would if they were coordinated enough to do that, but I don't think they, they would, would be capable of it. I like the word, uh, the word, the word coordinated. That, that makes me feel better because my fear is that they do that. But well, I, Chadwick Boseman is fantastic in it. I mean, everyone yeah. I've, I've seen, I think I've seen, it's kind of funny. Maybe I should, people of color, I've seen more of these films than, than, other films, but I haven't really seen a lot of these, which makes me sad because there's there's some years where Rob and I will purposefully go to every Oscar uh, uh, nominee, you know, that's nominated for for best movie. Um, he Not usually the actual people and have them reenact the, the film. No, we'll show up to their house and try to interview yeah. them. It's, it's very, uh, it's it's very, you know, in their in their face. We try to do it like seventy um, style, you know, big hair. Uh, low cut jeans for Rob. Not, not quite Oscar. Dad. No idea where I'm going with this, by the way. So let's <laughs> just move on. <laughs> so, so um, actor in a supporting role. Actually, I have seen one of the two of these films. And I really wanted to see Judas and the Black Messiah, but for some reason I haven't. But anyway, actor in a supporting role: Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of Chicago Seven, which I've seen. Daniel, how do you say his name? Kalua, Kalua, Kalua. Kalua. From Judas and the Black Messiah. I've seen him in other stuff. He's always really good. Yeah. Um, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, which I've seen. Uh, Paul Racy, I'm assuming it's Racy. Uh, Sound of Metal. And then uh, Leketh Stanfield of Judas and the Black Messiah. And so, Todd, you've seen seen all those films? I I have seen all of those films. Um, Yeah. Hard press between... Lakeith and Daniel, because um, they're both great. Um, Who is he? <sighs> Who's the lead actor in that film? Well, uh, since it's Judas and the Black Messiah, they're really kind of co-leads, and that's one of the, the odd things is you know the fact that they're both in supporting roles when they're both leads. Um, and I don't remember which one has more screen time. It's it's similar. I think Lakeith actually has more. Jeez, uh, I would just go with Leslie Odom though instead, simply because no particular. The other two split the vote, and Leslie sneaks in. And I think that's <clears throat> quite likely what would happen there. Uh, I just, I mean, he's he plays Sam Cook in in the in the film, and probably the most complex character. I mean, in the film, not like in real life, but. I would just I would just go with him, and, and of course it's it goes back to the old debate. Well, how can you piss a, pick a best actor, or piss a best actor, or piss a bad actor, or speak clearly? How can you choose? There we go. A best actor when they're playing different roles, so they have different demands. I mean, the only way to do this is if they all play the same role. It's like, well, that ain't going to happen. But I would just go with Leslie Odom out of that because I think he, to me he just that character stood out a little bit more. And like you said, Rob, really, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is, is excellent, and they're both great in it. But and, and the only one that would surprise me to win would be Sasha Baron Cohen. And he's excellent. He's excellent. He yeah, I've seen that but one. 
I, I think the other performances are just really, really strong. So I, I think he's out. Which is sad because he, he was great. Yeah. I'm going to um, read through these other three real fast. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it because you guys have a whole different show where Rob just talks Oscars the whole time. So actress in a leading role, uh, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andrew Day, United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. And I have not seen the United States versus Billie Holiday, therefore Andrew Day will win. Um, <laughs> I, I think it'll be Viola Davis, but uh, everyone really that I've seen, that. Uh, yeah, she is. But everyone I've seen is great in in the, their roles. I just think there's more for her to work with than Ma Rainey's Black Bottom than maybe the other actresses had in their film. So I think it'd be Viola. Which is kind of sad because they're the leading actress. So they should have had a whole bunch to work with, right? So actress in a supporting role, uh, Maria Bakalova? 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 That's a, it's the Borat film. It's that really sweet layered dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Amanda Seyfried. Uh, it is Seyfried, right? That's how you say it. Safe um, ride. Isn't make ride. Mank Mank ride. I said Mank ride because Rob said that. Mank ride. It's a new <laughs> film. Nobody's seen it. And uh, and Yoo Jung Yoon. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And Minari. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen the Borat film, which I like Borat. I like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, you totally should watch that. It's a good movie. Um, I haven't seen Hillbilly, Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, out of this, yeah, it's really... Honestly, none of them really blew me away, unlike the best actress roles, because, I mean, they're all fantastic. And in this, that's more like, yeah, they're good. I mean, all of them are really good, but it just seemed like they were more pedestrian roles, I would say. Let me ask you this. Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman. I've, I've seen I've seen Seifert in a bunch of stuff. She's always good. I've never seen her where she wasn't. Bad. She she plays some, especially when she was younger. She played some characters that are kind of flighty, but but she was good at it. She fit the role, right? But Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman are just they show up and they're fantastic, right? Yeah. So is it one of those things where it's like it's harder to tell that they are good in the roles of these films because of who they are and what you expect them to be? Probably. I mean, because that's I, like I said, I haven't seen Hillbilly Elegy, but in The Father. Olivia Coleman, I mean, she's she's really, really good, but she's had more challenging roles, for sure. So uh, I have a feeling, I mean, there seems to be a lot of buzz for Maria Bakalova. Which would be fantastic. Yeah. Just because of the kind of movie you wear when you rob a bank? I believe it is. I mean, that's what I wear when I rob a bank, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and then Best Picture, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland. I don't think Mank and Minari should be involved in Best Picture because their names are too close, too similar. People can't tell them apart. Yeah, it's very so, confusing. Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Any Anything that got left out that you saw that you think, wow, I should have been involved. Like Mom, the Borat film, for instance. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom definitely to me is the best picture i mean the fact that it's not even nominated is, is a joke but uh, i've seen some criticisms of, you know it's like well it's too much like a play and it's like why how it is was that? a play yeah <laughs> it was a play and how is that a problem i mean it brings you closer to the characters which let's is nominate cats <laughs> yeah so i mean out of those out of these films uh trial of the chicago seven i think it would be the least deserving. Which was also a play. In real life. But it's a really, I mean, it's a really good film. I mean, none of these would be bad choices, which we've had some years where I was like, what? How did they even think that was worthy of being nominated? These are all good movies, really good movies. Um, I would kind of hope, though, that it's going to be Minari, either Minari or No Man Land. But what is Minari about? Minari is, uh, this one's Stephen Yeun, it's a Korean family, moves to Arkansas. They had been in California and they moved to Arkansas because his dream is to 
have a farm and all this other stuff. And the wife is like, it opens up that they they show up at their their new home, which is a trailer, uh, just on a bunch mm-hmm. of land. And she's like, this is not what you promised me. What are we doing here? So it's this family conflict of his dreams and her dreams and, and those aspirations. And they bring in the, his mother-in-law. She's she's also nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Really, really great movie. It really doesn't deal with, even though they're in Arkansas, and maybe it's the 80s now that I think about it. So, I mean, it touches on that, about that, that cultural change, but it's not, there's not really any racism against them or cultural. It's just fitting in and how they choose to fit in more. But it's really more about the family dynamic of it, and it's a great movie. Yeah, um, I mean, just terrific movie. And Nomadland is like, like, like I said on, on that other show. There are basically there are three professional actors in, in the movie. Everybody else, they're playing themselves. People who just kind of they they work in the gig economy. They live in RVs and they go where the jobs go. And it's just about that life. And the, I mean, I would be shocked if she doesn't win best director for that. Because the performances she gets out of these people, uh, not easy to get good performances out of professionals, let alone just, hey, I'm doing a movie. You want to be in it? Sure. <laughs> Crazy. Really, really good. So either of those two, and I guess I would guess I would go with Minari for my pick if I have to pick one, which I guess I have to, because otherwise Rob will say, what the hell are you doing, dude? We all piss Oz picked the Oscars. You're so stupid. Why can't you no, just... No. So the animated are. feature film, they nominated Farmageddon, the Sean the Sheet movie. Yes. Wow. Yes, they did, that must they? mean there's not a whole lot to choose from this year. <laughs> I've actually heard Soul's excellent, but I haven't seen it. Soul is, but that and that's the only one I've seen, which is weird, because usually I watch more, but I've seen oh, Farmageddon. That so was nominated? Yeah. Odd. I don't know. It's where they go up to the asteroid, right? And try to blow it up? Uh, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> so. Such a great movie. Bruce Willis sings an Aerosmith song, something like this. Ooh. Bruce, Bruce Willis plays a sheep. Like... <laughs> kind of is. That's right. Yeah, I... I don't know. I feel like I've... What's Over the Moon? Does anybody know what Over the Moon is? For some reason, I feel like I've seen more of those. I feel like I saw uh, Wolf Talkers or Wolf Walkers as well for some reason. Uh, you, you do have a younger child. Over the Moon. An adventurous girl builds a rocket ship to meet a mythical goddess on the moon. Yeah, it's the cats who want to watch the stuff. It's not the children. <laughs> the cats. By the way, have the cats seen Cats? They 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 saw some of it and they agreed with what everybody else was saying that it was completely god fucking awful and they were like no this is this is an offense to our species and uh, I think they probably filed a lawsuit. I hope they win. Yeah, that uh, is. They, they never share the money if they do. They've won several lawsuits. <laughs> Classic cats keeping it all for themselves, greedy little shits. <laughs> That's right. It's right here in my fur. Scratch that. Oh, no, I'm going to bite the shit out of you. Yep, so don't grab so no the money. Cats would do that. Cats would win lawsuits and keep it off of themselves. <laughs> As they should. So, because um, we were just suspended. <laughs> so to end the show, the A's have won 13 straight. They started off one at seven, so now they're doing my math 14 and seven, if I did that correct, and they're actually just uh, a couple games up over the Mariners. So it's baseball season is underway. Have you guys watched very much of it? I have watched very much of it. I'm I'm still adjusting to the whole, oh, look, there's a guy in second base. How did he get there? I don't know. They just said, fuck it. Let's put a guy in second. <sighs> no, I don't no. necessarily mind that as much. I'm just confused as to why everyone wants to. They keep trying to speed up the game, and I'm not sure why, because when you if you spend this much money on something, you want it to last for a little while. $49 but we keep pizzas. trying to shorten it, so you're shorten. getting less for your money, which I don't understand why we're wanting to do that. It's funny because 
you hit on it exactly. It's almost like because we're all baseball fans, but it's almost like they baseball is like the people we want to get rid of in this sport are baseball fans. We want to get everybody else, but no baseball fans. Yeah, quite true. I mean, soccer doesn't give a shit. It's like the thing about soccer is they don't have any commercials while they're playing, but it's like here's what it is. You'll like it or you don't. You'll like it because the world does. Fuck you if you don't. It's your loss. I mean, baseball could... I know it's a, an American sport and it's all about the money, especially when you overspend the way baseball teams do. But it should still be like, we're a great sport because it is. This is what it is. We don't need to change it that much. Sorry. I mean, football had to change because of the, the way that, you know, 80 years ago, it's a different sport than it is now. It's a better sport now. But baseball doesn't need to change. That's the purity of, that's a great thing about baseball, right? Is it's like, the what you saw in the 1920s, it's just as good as what you see now. Except we're trying to change it so it's not as good. I, I do like the idea of using instant replay if they use it correctly. Right. Um, there, there was that one play, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was, I think it was Philadelphia and Atlanta where uh, somebody was trying to slide into home and they called him safe, but the review uh, showed that the guy never even touched the plate, but he was tagged. And they still, they still went, oh, we don't see enough to overturn the call. And everyone kind of went, huh? We that was when, see it. I think that was in, when uh, LaVon Hernandez slid into home, if I remember correctly. But, Five joke. million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I can I understand why they want to speed up the game because it's all about television, you know, and, and the game has dropped in popularity and continues to drop in popularity. You know, at some point, lacrosse will be will pass baseball as far it's as funny you say that because lacrosse used to be huge in the 1800s and then we got hockey from it. Yes, but it just goes to show how things change. Yeah, things do change to your point. But uh, some of the but, you know, up to a point is like, OK, like. Like the new rule is like a pitcher has to face three batters. I like that because I'm yeah. nobody liked, including the pitchers. I don't think like the endless parade is like, oh, I'm going to throw to this guy and then I'm going to come out and I'm going to bring in this guy and then they'll change the batter because now they have another. Now I'll change my pitcher. And it's like, no, dude, just freaking pitch. And you're in the major leagues. You should be able to get three batters out. If you can't go back to double A, it's like son of a bitch. So that's a good move. But yeah, this is. They need to chill with this uh, constant, oh, let's make it faster. Let's make it faster. It's like, you know how to make it faster? Clone Greg Maddox. Your games will be faster. Yeah, throw strikes. <laughs> put, <laughs> put the ball into play. That's not a bad thing. Right. That creates outs. Instead of, uh, we're either going to hit a home run or strike you out. Yeah. It is really weird how how the game is really mutated. It's almost back towards like the 50s when it's like, you, you strike out or you hit a home run. It's like, come on. But, you know, it's it's just like the speech that in uh, in what's the movie? A uh, Field of Dreams, where it's like baseball yeah. gets you know. Ironically, over uh, the MLB the Network is using that speech in a commercial for baseball during these games. <laughs> but it's true, though. I mean, because that's exactly what happened. Just like you brought up the fifties, it it will change in ten years, and it will come back, and people who care about the money it's just like it, baseball is all about patience and the sport from whether it's inning to inning or 20 years from now unless you change it where it's not baseball anymore it's still going to stay the same and you just have to be patient and people aren't anymore unfortunately because of the money 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 that's right so did you see the thing with uh, Fernando Tatis this week that was kind of weird which which thing? The uh, on the twenty second anniversary of Fernando Tatis Senior hitting two grand slams in the in one inning against the Dodgers, his twenty two year old son Fernando Tatis Junior hit two home runs in a game against the Dodgers, which I thought eh, that's kind of weird that there's a lot of twenty and what uniform number is Tatis twenty two, <laughs> um, just a lot of twenty twos and two homer things going on. I thought that. Because you get uh, every so often you get weird stuff like that that shows up. Yeah, which is another great thing about baseball that you don't get in other sports. 
And as a Padres fan, you must be ecstatic that there's actually someone on the Padres that people know, including they, the Padres uh, roster. Sorry to interrupt. That's a great point. They should know this guy. He's a beast yeah. of a player. And he that's is. those are the kind of players that Major League Baseball needs to focus on because every other sport he, does He's it. rapidly becoming the face of the sport, which is great. It is. He plays with a joy as well, which is exactly like, that's what you want. I mean, Mike Trout's great. He 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 seems to be a decent human being, but he's boring. I mean, and that doesn't it, honestly he is. He's just kind of a boring guy. But you know, Tatis and other players. He's the Vladimir Pete Guerrero Sampras. was great. Yeah, exactly. That's the perfect analogy. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you brought that up because all in the show with this, I was watching Djokovic lose yesterday to Karatsev. And Karatsev is 27 years old. Uh, before this season, before this year started, he. Sorry, I was watching the seeing what the score was in the Nadal final. But um, <laughs> before before this year started, he he's 27, which, you know, in, in human years, that's really young. In tennis years, that's <laughs> you're basically bordering on middle age, right? Human years, but, yes. But uh, <laughs> or cat years. I mean, it's crazy. But um, before this year, he was never ranked in the top 100. Now he's he's just gone on this ridiculous role where he's gotten on the, in the zone and he's ranked 28th. So I'm watching I'm watching the the match yesterday with Djokovic and Krasov and the announcers actually like this. Guess who they compared they they were mentioning Krasov. Oh, he, you know, he's 27, he has never been ranked in the top 100. The player of any sport he most reminds me of is guess who they said? Had to be Pete. R.A. Dickey. <laughs> I'm not joking. R.A. Dickey. R.A. Dickey? Yeah. They were like, this guy was just a, oh, you know, he, he found his knuckleball at 37 years old. He went to Cy Young. I was like, that's actually a perfect analogy because that's ex- he's changed his game. He's now playing a lot closer to the line, so he's reacting quicker, and he seems to have that talent. But, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. He's basically thought, wow, that's – I don't know who this announcer is, but clearly he's uh, from the University of Tennessee – and um, <laughs> which, by the way, for all of our millions of listeners, if you've not seen the film Knuckleball, which R.A. Dickey features prominently, great movie. I mean, actually, even if you don't like baseball, it's a really good movie. But for baseball fans, it's directed by uh, Phil. <laughs> Phil Negro. <laughs> Practically. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, there's a great the Negros film. are the Coen brothers of baseball film documentaries. I think they, indeed, they, indeed they are. But yeah. There's a great Phil Negro story in, in, in that movie too. So, <laughs> so cracks me up. Throw in the Hope Troutwein thing before we end the show. Please. I guess so. If you have to throw just, in some just kind wanted of to congratulate thing. and I'm, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. Wanted to congratulate Hope Troutwein which is probably mispronounced, sorry, uh, from the University of North Texas, uh, pitched a perfect game, which you know, kind of has happened before in, in, in Major League Baseball, but no one has ever struck out every batter they faced, except her. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's just a seven-inning game. Get over it. She struck out 20, 21 straight batters. Um, the record in a Major League game, by the way, is 20. The record for consecutive strikeouts is ten, but that wasn't that. That was done once in 1970. It's been a while. Um, wild. So that that was something that was really cool that happened this past week. And I, I understand that uh, the Marlins need some pitching. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I I I was watching just the I saw the last out, the last strikeout. And I'm thinking, how much pressure is there on that batter? Be- and and I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, like, there's pressure because you you got to be thinking, I don't care if I get out. I just want to put it in play. Yeah, right. And then the strikeout, it's just like, I don't know. That's pretty That's- pretty phenomenal. And I'm sure some people are thinking, oh, it's softball. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. However, what 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 which uh, All Star game was it that Jenny Finch struck out a Rod? Oh yeah. I can't remember who the, but you know, all stars, like not just all stars, but Hall of Fame level players. And she struck out three guys in a row. And it's like, yeah. It's- Except for pool holes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, it sounds like I'm joking, but remember that when pool holes actually got up and hit one, t- he didn't have a home run, but he hit it to the outfield. 
and it was like, that shows you how good Albert Pujols is. That's true. He's a, but, he's a, Albert Pujols is another one of those Pete Sampras guys. Yeah. Just comes out there, does his job, the machine, although not so much these days, but, you know. You know. Yeah. He's, not, he's not 27 anymore either, so... Yeah, I would like to uh, have. I would like. I would have struck out. I probably. I wouldn't even tip the ball. But I would have liked to have faced the pitcher, Trout Wing, just to see what it felt like. To, as as uh, hopefully that in some way. I just. I would not be able to. I would probably just stand there and take the pitches because I would have no way of actually chance of actually hitting the ball. Like what was that? (laughs) Yeah, and that's kind of what I would like. I mean, just like I would. You know, I wouldn't mind facing. You know. Right. Chapman or all this Chapman just to see what does it feel like to actually be in the box when the pitch is thrown for that Chapman kind of... terrifying <laughs> that's what I'm thinking <laughs> well and she she threw a, a perfect game without getting hit it, that would be terrifying to me too because you're you're close to her and she's throwing that fast that's still kind of scary I, I, I mean, if she misses no a little bit to her I think she's great and spectacular and all this stuff Chapman's slow fastballs come in at 103 so, <laughs> but but she's closer yeah, than so, Chapman is. So, what is the actually? What's her equivalent? It, does it come in? And maybe it's seventy miles an hour. But as close as she is, it may feel like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, because yeah. she's closer. Yeah, because the reaction time is going to be the same. But exactly. if you get hit, if you get hit, that hundred is going to hurt. Well, it's going to hurt worse still. with a baseball than a softball. Anyway, yeah. it's still well, going to hurt. Actually, it won't hurt. I would just be dead and I wouldn't feel anything. So well, I'm kind of overweight. It would just bounce off me. So I'd be like, it'd be like the Pillsbury. <laughs> oh, right. Pils- it'd be like the Pillsbury Doughboy. It'd be like, hee hee. And then it would kind of. Really? It would be like, what? <laughs> 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 I think that was a Saturday Night Live thing where it was like somebody was fighting. Oh, it was Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, somebody was. <laughs> Somebody was was talking about Sugar Ray Leonard, and I can't remember who it was, man. But anyway, we were like, oh, what's, what's like fighting Sugar Ray Leonard? He was like, oh, you know, it's fine. But Sugar Ray Leonard refuses to fight against the Pillsbury Doughboy because all he does when he hits him is giggle. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. <laughs>